Jimmy, Yo, you kicking us off? Well, before we get started, I need to make an apology um, Ooh. to E.E. E. Cummings. Um, <laughs> last week, a complete slight on understanding who he is and was and what he contributed to the world. He tried to steal credit for his work. So apologies. I did some research and found a masterful writer, poet, playwright who, uh, who had a big impact on the world. One that I would only hope to ever have. So apologies to Mr. Cummings and all respect to well him and his, and his work. Well done, Brett. Pre- much appreciated. It's, it's fascinating. It, it, I'm sorry to interrupt you again, Jimmy, but Mm-mm. like, you know, in this world of, of plagiarism, you know, last week, you know, Chris, you wrote a, uh, read a quote from him and I was like, dang, I just wrote about that like last week. And I had no idea who he was, you know, but it's like, should I have given credit to him? You know, but every, like, we're all stealing ideas, right? We're all stealing stuff. And, and all truth is truth, no matter who's saying it and, uh, where it's coming from. And so, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna, uh, cross over each other and, and right. repeat each other, even if we don't know we're doing it. So right. interesting, but thanks for letting me get that off my chest. It's been bothering <laughs> me for a week. <laughs> we're ready to rock and roll, Brett. Not a big deal, man. Not a big deal. Uh, well, you, just so everybody knows they're at the right place. We're at Breaking Brains and Building Hearts. And uh, Brett, thank you for kicking us off. Uh, last, last week, we had a great conversation, and you had a great quote. Um, I think you're right, man. I mean, at the end of the day, we are all learning. We're all, um, we're all taking what we hear and reforming it in our brains and then speaking it. And you're bound to say something that's been said before. And I think your point about... We're all stealing each other's stuff. I mean, I think to a degree, we're all at different points in the learning process. Some of us come to these conclusions sooner than others, you know, and um, that's all. It's, it's so funny how different, different fields and realms deal with plagiarism, plagiarism differently. You know, like as basketball coaches, you know, everyone's a thief, right? We're all stealing plays and ideas and copycat in each other, um, you know, within journalists, if you don't give credit, you know, it's all about being first. And if someone else was first and you don't give credit for your reporting, you know, you get, you get crushed for it. Um, obviously in school and you're citing other sources. And if you don't cite them, it's, it's plagiarism. You get kicked out of school. But like when we're all wrestling with truth and going through experience and trying to make sense of it and then share that with other people, you know, it all comes out like, should I take credit for it? Should I give credit to someone else? There's a little bit of both. Who inspired who? You know, it's interesting. A little dynamic. Mm-hmm. Well, that was, my first business was a knockoff product. Uh, I just was like, I'll make my own. And it was jewelry in the ninth grade. These mm-hmm. bead necklaces were super popular. These little, little mini beads. And people, they would do these cheap clasps and like a fish hook not a fishhook class, whatever the one you kind of have to pull a circle back a little bit, a little piece. I'm terrible, man. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm coaching this guy who's like super precise on his language and uh, he's in AI and robotics and he's so technical and precise. It's amazing. He's drawn out like the best explanations uh, in his questions. And I'm like, 
can't you just get a visual? Uh, but, uh, but no, it was seeing these necklaces and I was like, I can make those. And then I, I did my own clasp that was like this little screw in clasp that was better. And then I would carve like, like wooden crosses and stuff that would go on them. And so then I could charge way more. Like I remember the ninth grade going, okay, I got 15 bucks that I could make from this. And I would sell those for 15 or without the cross for nine. And, uh, and it's the wildest thing. And I would think about like, I got about 30 minutes in it. I got about $2 and 30 cents. And I was never once thinking, oh man, I've just totally ripped off a, you know, a a thing here. It was just what I was making. And that's why I didn't want to go into academia because academia, it's not a true place of innovation as a whole right now, because you have to jump through hoops you have to name things, and it's just this stupid, who, whoever can name it claims it. Um, and there's so many people to appease in the process that all peer review means oftentimes is pulled down from true innovation. Um, and that's a really, really strong take, and I'm not saying that's true for anything, but that was a specific choice I remembered making about like, do I want to be in academia or, or where where can I have the most impact? And I felt like it was business. Mm. So we're all ruined. So it begs the, go ahead, Jimmy. Well, no, it's, it just for me, it begs the question, uh, are you happy with your choice, Chris? Uh, currently, right now, and 90% <laughs> of the time, yes. But there are definitely those moments where I'm like, what the freak was I thinking, you dummy? You, you dummy. Because um, I see... What we're all doing is hard. It's hard to go out and create a community to create a context for what you want to do in the world uh, because there's not a box that it fits in. And, you know, you got to be a little bit crazy. We've talked about that before, delusional in season one. Um, And some days you feel validated. And I just feel a little validated today. <laughs> That's good. You were diving into entrepreneurship pretty early, though. Yeah, Are you know, pricing and values, and I think if if I could go back and actually do something over, not in a regrets way, because it all comes together, uh, and it made me who I am. I would have just done it sooner, you know. And and my wife and I talk about it. Well, then we probably wouldn't have met, and so then you could start getting into these. So there's a double benefit? No, I'm just kidding. So uh, that would be terrible, right? To think about not having her in my life. And you can't undo all that. All I know is if you're not ever increasing getting to that target of this is who I am and what I want to do, that's continually unfolding. It's, it's not a perfect arrival. And where I had arrived with it in 2019 is getting reinvented 2020 and now. Of course, you guys know all about that. But it's been fun, Brett, to hear you. Uh, get the bug, so to speak, and be like, oh man, you, yeah. yeah, you're ruined. You're unemployable now. <laughs> ruined. It's such a, it's such a different world. I mean, you know, I grew up in the basketball world. My dad was a college basketball coach. You know, I grew up in that. Our relationship was, you know, just, um, I guess engulfed by that. Uh, and that's what I did. I grew up around coaches. I grew up around sports that's what I was going to do for 
you know, I think in my, in eighth grade, like my nickname on the team was coach. Like I was drawing up plays and giving instruction and like, it was, it was what I was always going to do. Um, and you just get down that narrow path of, of focus. Um, and then reach a point where I was kind of forced to, to make a decision. And, um, and actually my mom tried to talk me out of coaching, um, uh, cause my dad was super successful and she's like, you've only seen the good side of this, you know, mm. you haven't seen the ugly side of this business. And, and so when I actually, uh, left college, I started in PR and I got like two or three years into it. I was like, this ain't it. Like coaching is where it's at. And so got into the coaching and, and ran that race hard. Um, you know, and then circumstances with COVID and everything kind of forced me to adjust, uh, and, and explore new territory, which I wouldn't have explored otherwise, probably until I was really pushed into it. Um, but it is like, it's been an eye opener. It's, it's been cool. It's been fun to be able to see, you can still have an impact, you know, doing what you want to do kind of the way you want to do it. Um, and, and on your terms. And, uh, that sounds a little like selfish or arrogant, but it's, it's more like empowering of, you know, cutting through all the rules and the, the, the hierarchies and the, the tradition to, to carve your own path and, uh, and have an impact. It's cool. You, you know, I always think about it like this. Da Vinci, you know, at some point is like, no, I want to like put together the way I want to do work. <laughs> you know, he, he had the audacity. He gave himself the permission, whatever wording you want to think about. And there's always been those people throughout human history, always. And, and there's just potential for more right now than ever before. But they're always they're they've always been there. They're always going to be there. There's always going to be a majority that are going to align more with boxes and and define trajectories. And that's not bad either. Everybody's got to like make their choices and and feel peace with them. If for me, it's just knowing that like literally since I was 21, I've been my own boss except for about a four year period, and that was the only time I took a day off. Like. Like I've pretty much done about five and a half days of work a week, you know, forever. Um, and I would take, I would try to take a, a full day off and uh, try to take, you know, like, like an afternoon off, but I've also stopped at decent times. I mean, my kids feel like I've been present with them because I have now when they were little and they'd go to bed early. And if my wife went to bed early, I'd work a few more hours. That phase is gone, dude. I'm like, old man out by nine. <laughs> Jimmy will send a late email. And I'm like, how does he do it? Uh, he's amazing. And, uh, but, but all that to say, it was only in the shelter and protection of it not being on my shoulders that I, you know, I, I had a little bit more of a rigid boundary. It was like, oh, it's this, and I'm not going to do that work right now. I'm going to do this, you know, and that's okay. That's where I needed to be. We had babies, whatever. But I truly love, love the joy and privilege of I've got to go figure that out. I've got to go figure that out. Um, that's where the discovery and the growth, you know, and, and again, doesn't mean it's easy. I'd be curious, Jimmy, what you think. Which is more important to your journey at this point? Is it the ability to figure out a way just to keep going? Or would it be um, 
and maybe there's both and maybe you'll add a third one um figuring out like secrets and insights and and little hacks and things you get from other people that help you kind of make these leaps of insight yeah when you the first question when you say keep going how, how do you mean just like i'm going to show up and do the work today i don't have to stress about getting to that next level i just need to move yeah. a little bit forward yeah i think that's really it's really interesting um i i left grad school in 91 and with a business plan i couldn't get it financed so i just started a consulting practice and then that, that evolved into uh becoming an interim executive and then jumping back into the workforce um and then i hit my wall and and then did decide to do my own thing again back in um 06 it's interesting to go through that trajectory. And so each time I think about uh, the challenges of being on my own, um, I just remember the restrictions of being an employee. And I think the thing, so I think the thing for me is, is just what drives me is the idea, the, the opportunity to have control and the knowledge that I have that because I understand how to sell and I have a core skill set, I can, it's, money is not the issue. The issue is um, the invention, the uh, discovery, the you know figuring things out and expressing them in a way that maybe is a little bit different than have been in the past. There are still innovations, even though there are people that have said, you know, nothing is new, right? especially in sales. Um, you know, we've been selling since the Stone Age, right? Two and a half million years. What could be new? Um, necklaces. I would have made those. <laughs> right. <laughs> but there, but there is. And if it's, and you know what? If it's not new for everyone, it's new for me. And I think that, and the thing that got me to make the shift from a very successful sales career, I was top rep worldwide when I when I stepped out of my career. Um, you know, it's um it's it's the drive that it's the drive that I have something to explore, just like you said. And uh, it's that privilege to explore that it's just, it makes life worth living. I mean, I can work. I looked at my, my computer told me I was, uh, I had, I was doing work for an average of 13 hours a day, one of the weeks during COVID uh, during a seven day week. And, you know, a lot of folks would look at that and say, holy shit, how can you work so much. And for me, it was, it's my hobby. It's my vocation. It's my profession. It's everything wrapped up. It's what I love to do. Um, and it's, it all comes second to my family. So I've got priorities. Mm -hmm. And then of course, then, then, so I think the thing, the thing that I was getting to is the, the issue for me is um, when I left work, I did it because I wanted to coach. And the impact that I wanted to have for me at that moment was a one-to-one -one impact. Uh, I want to engage CEOs and sales leaders and um, help them solve the challenges they were facing. What's interesting is when you do this for 14 or 15 years and you look back at what you've accomplished, you know, I tend to say to myself, well, what more is there other than the one-to-one -one relationship and the systems and processes that I build to enhance an individual or a team. And then you start thinking about, well, maybe my business should be less of a lifestyle and more of a scalable entity. 
And so for me, Chris, the challenge has been understanding whether or not I'm, I'm building a scalable business because I should be, because I've been doing this for so long, I should have something of greater value or because it's an impact that I want to have. It's important to me for some other reason, maybe to, maybe to expand my impact or to create a legacy that can last beyond my working years. So I'm still kind of figuring that out. I, th- I think what keeps me grounded in being an entrepreneur is just, I, this is just something I have to do. And thankfully, um, there's nothing preventing me from doing it. Yeah, I, I resonate with, I think it's Seth Godin says, build a life you don't need a vacation from. And and I'm not currently there. I'm there in seasons, and then I take new ground, and then you got to hold that ground, and you take new ground. And I currently have some things that need to be upgraded, but I'm on the path to doing it. And I know once I do it, I'll hit a cruising altitude with that, hold it for a while, and then another upgrade reinvention comes. But but yeah, I mean, if if I didn't have the challenges in front of me, like you said, it gives life so much meaning. What were you a top? You were a top rep in the adult doll industry. Is that right? <laughs> What's an adult doll? <laughs> um, I was going to say sex doll, but I didn't. I was looking for this short. <laughs> yeah, I came up and I came up during technology during the technology boom in the '90s. So, you know, one of the, the first companies that I I helped to found was a. Uh, CRM business. And once I got the, once I got into tech, uh, it was, I couldn't shake it. See, and, and that's the, and I remembered that. And the reason I wanted to ask it was because you were in scalable business. You went to bespoke boutique one-to-one business, and now you're thinking about how to get back to that. But the difference is you're bringing what you've learned, right? Um, when I was starting like, so SiteShift started as a content thing 12 years ago, but when I actually started to do work with it, 2010, I wanted to try to go big and scale, right? And I was in a coaching relationship and the guy was brilliant because he said, you need to do the opposite. You need to go to a cabin, do it small. You know, he just had this whole like picture he laid out for me and I was captured by that and that's how I started. And that made all the difference to everything. Oh my gosh. I mean, I was going to totally do the wrong thing, but that's the progression. Your, your path was kind of like scale boutique. Now thinking about scale, that was mine. It was one to many speaking to, you know, a few hundred people, then 800 people over a thousand people, whatever every week. And then I went to this one-to-one and then it's like the certified coaches. You think about that multiplication, but I, you, you know, if this were easy, everybody would do it, right? And you're delusional, you're crazy, you keep going. Some things work, some things don't. What's been for you the most surprising thing, Brett? Just curious. Um, tough question. One surprising thing is just that it's doable. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, that it's I love like, it. you know, that it's, uh, I think um, you know Jack Butcher had put a, out a challenge on on Twitter. You know, saying you know, go make your first dollar, go make one dollar on the internet, and watch it change your life. And mm. you know, like when the first person purchases the product, you're like, you put all this effort into 
the automations and the emails and the marketing and the landing pages and the website and the the funnel. And then that first person does it and you're like, holy, holy crap, it works. <laughs> like you're still amazed, you know, I think about, uh, what are those, uh, those like machines called where, you know, you kick the marble down the thing and then it knocks over the can and it's the dominoes. And I forget what those are called, but like when it, when you do it and if, and it works all the way through, it's like, it's amazing. This is how I built it to work, but it actually did work. <laughs> I feel like you just, I think I sent you a text, Chris, the first time, uh, that happened for me. And I was like, I think I just hacked the world. Like it's, uh, yeah, it's cool. It's invigorating. Um, I'm, I'm interested in yours, your Jimmy, because it sounds to me like, you know, you rose to kind of the, the top level you could in an industry and then launching out on your own was, was about exploring a different territory, exploring another. You're like, okay, mastered this or conquered this mountain. I wonder what it'd be like to play in this playground over here and how good I could, could I get? Would that be an accurate? I mean, yes, it would. I think, I think the thing for me as a sales guy, I, I achieved the best, the most that I could in the life that I designed for myself. Uh, which is to say, you know, when I left sales, I left broken. I was a mess. Mm. So I had achieved everything I had wanted to achieve, but I was unhealthy and unhappy. And I had a, uh, you know, I didn't have a scalable um, approach the rest of my life. I had compromised my core values to um, ascend in an industry um, by being someone that I wasn't. Mm. Uh, right. By being that, uh, by becoming that, um, winner take all, um, zero sum game, uh, coffee is for closers asshole that, you know, would build any business and penetrate any market at any cost and, and be successful, right. Get someone to sign. So, you know, I ascended to the highest possible level. And because of that, because I was unhealthy and because of everything that, that occurred, I, I was forced then to decide what was important to me. And I, I still remember, and I, re, and I recommend this to everyone, anybody who start, who's thinking about a change, you know, especially folks who come to me looking for work, I ask them, what would you like to do? And they say, well, I'm good at logistics or I'm good at accounting. And they want me to tell them what to go do. And they want me to show their resume to an, to an employer so the employer can tell them what they're good at and what they can do. And, you know, it, it, before you start a, a life of entrepreneurship, what you really want to do is sit down and understand the things that you value. What do you want your life to be like mm-hmm. without compromise and without the imposition of preconceived ideas and judgments and myths and fallacies about what is and is not possible. My coach asked me to do that and I did it. Um, and I dreamed, right? I, 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 the first, the first time I did it, I didn't follow the instructions because I knew, for example, there's no way I could make uh, a quarter million dollars a year as a top performing salesperson. If I didn't travel, my core values said, I want to work from home. And travel once, you know, once a month. 
at most. Uh, and what happened? I ended up finding a client who said, we're going to pay you a shit ton of money. I'm going to pay you. And they, and by the way, I asked them for a signing bonus and they said they wouldn't pay it. They ended up paying me two signing bonuses. Um, I didn't have to travel. I could make shit tons of money. Um, and I could um, enjoy my family and do conference calls from my deck and uh, work 35 hours a week because I was doing something that I was essentially overqualified for. Um, all of the things that I thought were impossible became possible. Uh, and what that did for me was it empowered me to, to continue to dream and continue to test the limits. And to your point, Brett, um, I mean, your, your comment is just so poetic. You know, you're surprised that it's possible. For the first 10 years of my career, I was doubtful that, that what I was doing was actually real. How could I possibly be, be sustaining my family, putting money in the bank? They, you know, I take a week off every quarter. I take Fridays off whenever I want. I work a half day. I take, you know, mornings with my bride. How could I possibly be doing this and be, um, you know, sustaining my business and achieving my objectives? Mm -hmm. It just didn't seem right. And it's because of the way we're raised, it's because of the because of the impositions that we produce for ourselves, the, the core beliefs and the, and the judgments we make of what's possible and not. And the best thing that someone can do is really sit down and dream, identify those core values and build a life like that. It may not include entrepreneurship, it may include being an employee, but it may allow you to create the job that you have on your terms. It may help you realize that a title isn't nearly as important as time. Hmm. I like that. There, what you said at the end is, you know, it may not mean you're you're just an entrepreneur. You know, as as I've been going through this process, you know, my wife has been watching it unfold, and and um, you know, gets jealous of the of the <laughs> wins we're having uh, in, in the kind of the lifestyle we're we're building with that. And but she keeps saying, you know, I don't think I could do that. You didn't have the whatever it might be the motivation or the um, you know the the jump start on her own to to build something like that for herself. But the challenge is you know find something you like you really love. You don't have to be beholden to an employer or you know the traditional path or whatever. You know, but but finding something that you love and that that allows you the lifestyle that. That you want to have. Um, and, and I think what you said earlier, Chris, like all this is, is new for, for this, you know, for the 21st century, you know, my uncle worked on the railroad, um, right. for years, for decades. And what a, just a miserable lifestyle. I mean, you know, they're on call at crazy hours of the night, you know, they they work seven straight days, hardly sleeping. And then you get three days off and then, called at 3 a.m. to go, you know, um, to, to drive a train wherever. And, and he did it because, you know, it fed his family and has got his kids into school and, you know, set them on a path. And, um, but it's just the beauty of the 21st century and what the internet has done and, and the connectivity that, you know, we don't have to do that anymore. You know, there's a, there's a better way to go about it. Um, which is cool. It's, it's, uh, exciting for, 
for us and the next generations to follow that path. Beautiful, man. Beautiful. It's poetry. E. e. Cummings would be proud. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, so, Chris, when you uh, when you think about the ups and downs and the uh, twists and turns that uh, your career has taken, um, you know what? Um, if someone came to you with a question uh, about whether they should embark on a similar journey, what would you, how would you counsel them? The simplest expression, because I know we're near the end, is just um, do, do it because you can't not do it, whatever that next step is. Because as much as people think like, oh, like they ask you, help me know what job I should do. They want a crystal ball for the next step of clarity. And that step of clarity will get you further down the road, but it's not going to, you're going to need it again. I mean, you know, I've had so much clarity over 2020 and I'm close to getting really locked in on some simple execution and, and I need just a touch more clarity. And I know it'll come and it'll come as the result of taking the steps and that'll serve me well for a while. But, you know, I could go into too much detail. As we're sitting here talking, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to get this done and move on this and make this happen and see this made. And I can't not do it. And, and, and everybody's personality is different. Every wiring is different. But if you're not in that place of I can't not do it, there's just going to be a price that you'll pay that's probably not worth it. Um, you know. Yeah. Right. I have, a, I have to ask you the question, both of you guys, before we wrap up, the question about, and I, I call it the romance or, you know, um, you know, people go to a self-help course, get, in, get enthusiastic, get motivated, and then convince themselves that uh, they just, even though it doesn't make sense, that they have to just, just do it, Right. And uh, for me, I, I, I warn my kids and others about the romance of, of what they're doing. Are they over-investing in the romance or the dream versus any kind of reality? And I wonder what you guys think of that and if that's something that um, you can relate to. Brad, do you want to go first or me too? Go ahead. I was going to ask, do you keep using the word romance because of your uh, experience in the adult industry? (laughs) Uh, What is the adult industry? (laughs) For me, that's why I say you can't not do it. That that like demystifies the romance out of it. I mean, the number and it's probably a more pressing example for me because of where my kids ages are, 18, 16, 15. There are probably multiple times in a week where I'm like, Oh my God, if my kids ever take this path, I am going to make sure they know this and this, you know, there's just continual, I'm going to save them so much pain, but then they're going to have their own pain. Right. And it just comes down to that idea. Strip away the romance. You are going to face a million reasons to quit. You're going to want to quit. You know, you're going to think you're crazy, but can you look at yourself and say, I couldn't not do this. I couldn't not try it. That for me counteracts that idea of more hype, more hustle, getting swept away. Yeah, I think uh, I agree right on with that. Like there is this outside romance of 
oh, you can take vacations whenever you want. You can take Fridays off whenever you want. You know, but there's also a lot of hard work and struggle to like to build it and create it. And which is why, you know, it's only successful if you really like enjoy it. If it's something you were going to do on your free time anyway, it's something you can turn into something successful. Um, you know, if you got to force your way into it and, and do it because this is the business I'm running to sustain my lifestyle, it's going to be hard. It's going to be miserable. Um, you know, I'm, I go through the the roller coaster, right? I have one win. I had a I had a big win yesterday. I know next week I'm going to feel like it's pointless and it's not going to work. It's just that, that is the ride that that, that it is. Um, but that's what it comes back to. Like it's it's what I'd be doing on my free time anyway. And so that's how I'm going to spend my time. And how can I leverage how I'm spending my time, what I'm learning to help someone else um, and then get that in his hands as many people as possible. And that's what, what keeps it going. Right. Good advice. I think the thing for me is uh, this idea, I, I've said this before, uh, make mistakes you can walk away from. Um, and I think the thing, the thing is any... You know, I've sat in a room and I've been pitched. I've been pitched by a million, by a multimillionaire, um, a one-time chance to corner the horse racing market. Hmm. Right? I just need to cut him a check for fifty or hundred grand, whatever it was. And you know, I think what I would what I would suggest to folks is there's a lot of people who want to tell you what's possible. And want to get you to invest in ideas that have worked for other folks and maybe even uh, convince you of an idea that's crazy. But the desire to do something powerful and important and to have the life that you dream of having is so powerful that you're willing to um, ignore uh, ignore the things that make sense to you and go and, and go take a risk that um, you otherwise wouldn't take. There's a fine line. Um, and I, I would just encourage folks to, 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 to approach this in a wise way. Every successful person who's out there, um, they didn't get there by following someone else's script to the letter. You have to create, at some point, you have to create your own script. You have to take an idea, add enough of yourself to it to differentiate it just enough to... Uh, to create that level of success. And there's a shit ton of work that goes into those, the successes that you see on TV, uh, on the field, on the court, and in business, in art, et cetera, that, that all, those, all the investment and the time and effort that's gone into those successes that, that is unseen, that's the same kind of work and effort and effort you have to put in. Um, so there is no easy path. Um, and it's not worth risking at all on a crazy idea. There is a, there's some there's something in between <laughs> that will sustain you and allow you to, uh, to kind of create the uh, to create the uh, the life and to explore the potential that you're that you're after. And and I would don't do it for the life you want. Do it because you can't not make that thing. Right. You right. know. And the life can be there. Great. It's awesome. So, guys, before we wrap up, uh, Brett, can you give folks a chance or give them, give them a sense of where they can go to learn more about you and maybe read up on some of the stuff that you're writing? Sure. Yeah. Um, 
broadcast my stream of consciousness and everything I steal from E. e. Cummings on Twitter uh, at Brett Burchard. That's one T. Uh, or anything related to to mindset coaching and the for athletes and coaches at championshift.com. Chris. Sightshift.com, baby. S-I-G-H-T shift. And uh, looking forward to all that we're talking about. Mm. I hate to send people there because I know what it can be. <laughs> right? It's the ever ongoing. <laughs> it's already so awesome, man. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, we're launching a new website too. But uh, in the meantime, you can check out Floris, F-L-O-R-I-S-S group.com. Um, we are we help organizations um, build a new growth curve uh, to achieve their objectives and uh, and achieve new market positions for their organizations. Thanks everybody for joining us, breaking brains and building hearts. We'll see you next time.